We're live. Hooray, we did it. Did it. Proud of you. Uh-oh. Proud of you, boy. Proud of you. You did it. Good job, son. Welcome back, John. Welcome back. Uh, hooray, I'm sick. <laughs> I did it. I got Concrud. I had a year straight of no full-blown Concrud, and then it got me this year. It got me right did here. Did you at least get, like, no plane troubles? Uh, my suitcase got damaged, like, severely. Oh. So now, okay. I, now I need to replace that. I, I got it back in April. Oh, wow. Bummer. Yeah. This is obviously the one you checked? Yeah, I checked two suitcases, one for throwing controllers, one for my own gear. My own gear is the one that got damaged. Which one would you have preferred to be damaged? Probably that one, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's a silver lining, then. There has to be, like, a replacement policy for a company that makes luggage that gets destroyed after four months, right? <clears throat> Probably, but I don't think I have any of the documents they need anymore. That's where they, <laughs> oh. that's where they get you. Like, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, luggage, it'll last longer than a year. Sure. <laughs> you might just be able to, like, eat, message their customer service and just on be like, Twitter. look, this happened. Yeah. And, well, I just meant probably on their website, like a contact us. They might just, like, go along with it. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Maybe. It's um, it's Air Canada brand luggage, so I don't know. You should try to get a they would sponsorship have good luggage. with luggage. Some luggage company. You travel enough that it would be so worth it. I mean, I don't know if, they, if they're even willing to sponsor someone like me for something like that. But you're right. I should just do that. Because I would be, for one thing, hilarious. That's a great sponsor nobody ever thinks of. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. Now I need to look this up because now I want to know if I can. Because, like, you, you go, you travel so much that, like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why they won't. Because it's like, he travels too much, our stuff's going to get damaged quickly. Yeah. And we don't want no, to show Nothing will survive the Proton John effect, is that, is that the <laughs> yeah. statement there we're making? They, every time that there's a con, they just look at your Twitter and they're like, oh, God, he loses everything when he travels. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give him anything. We'll go He's broke. He just has a travel aura. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything just gets sucked in the black hole as soon as he's on that plane. So you were at PAX. Apparently, yeah. John is gone. So this is now did, our did show. Did he leave which or is, just get disconnected? Oh, he's, yeah, have, he's gone, gone. Wow. Yeah, he completely peaced out. So this is now <laughs> our show where we're going to talk about everything but video games. All right, uh, so I have been drinking orange juice lately since I have been sick. So how do you feel about orange juice? Oh, dude, orange juice. Let me tell you, you need pulp as far as I'm oh, concerned. Man, really? I love pulp. All right. Are you a full pulp or like just a little? Uh, I think there's a point where if you have full pulp, it's gross because it's like, I don't know, that texture can be way too much. So a little mm -hmm. bit, I think. I think a little bit. I'm a no pulp guy, but like even no pulp at the end of the day still has pulp in it, so you just kind of get used to <laughs> it's it. Kind of true. Like, like look yeah. at this, look at this glass of orange juice I have right here. Does this look like it does not have pulp in it? Uh, I mean, just I just saw like something move, so it definitely has pulp. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about drinking my orange juice now, Paul. Thanks. I just saw an eye pop out. <laughs> so. What I'm saying is drink up. <laughs> God damn. All right. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Sorry, I had a phone call I had to take. No, totally. That's, That's fine. 
I almost spit out my orange juice. It's been what, a good What stream. are we on now? Are we on news? You'll hear it in uh <laughs> You'll, you'll hear, hear it in post. post. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Can't wait. No, we're talking about PAX West. And we were talking about uh, luggage sponsorships. Okay. Yes. Right. Have we talked about the actual event yet? No. no we're, getting, we're getting there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then eventually we'll talk about video games. I mean, maybe. <laughs> eh, the way maybe. this is going, I don't know. If, if we're lucky. Um, but yeah, no, talk about talk about the actual show. How was Seattle? Actually, before the show, did you eat anything awesome in Seattle? No. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not adventurous for eating. I don't know why you asked. It's true. I, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Or I didn't internalize that, I guess. That's fair. Mm. Should have. What did you eat? Uh, food. It was delicious. Like, did, you, did we, you just go to, like, McDonald's? We went to, like, Cheesecake Factory a fair amount, actually. Okay. Okay. So I mean, you can... They have those in Calgary. No, they don't. Do they not? They no, had they're, one. They're American. Yeah, no, it's, cheese, it's, it's Cheesecake Cafe in Canada. And it's that's not the same company. It's a different company. Oh, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Anyways, yeah. there's one by Sunridge, and I it's had the word cheesecake in it, so I don't know. Yeah, I went to one in Calgary and got food poisoning, so I never went back. <laughs> okay. Okay. Enough. I can see that. But yeah, no. Uh, Pax was good. Uh, we were worried about the smoke because the the fires and all the smoke that had come up to Calgary apparently it was right. bad in Seattle, but like it was actually fine while we were there. That's good. Cool. But you had said like Calgary had already like cleared up a bunch too. Anyway. Yeah, I apologize. I'm going to keep ducking out a little bit because I, like I said, I have concrete. Yeah, right. sure, no problem. Um. Yeah, I wish I had gone. Uh, I tried, but like we talked about last week, the tickets just this year they went so yeah. fast. Yeah. I do wish I had went this year. Yeah. Not only did they go so fast, they're so expensive now. Yeah. They're over well, two hundred, like fifty bucks a day. Yeah, two hundred bucks for the whole con. The whole weekend, yeah. I also hear a lot of developers are like, I really wish this wasn't four days long. Well, because oh, yeah, they have to yeah. pay per day to be there, so. Yeah. Yeah. And it would just get tiring. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're on the clock. They're not necessarily enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, so. most most devs I chatted with are like, I'm so ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many hours a day you can have a, a stranger come up to you and scream, What's <laughs> can I? what can I have for free? from this booth into your face yeah or repeat the same question answer over and over to be fair this is like that's their job is being is like they're, these are probably pr people actually yeah yeah i think about packs a lot of the times they're not they're just the devs yeah no, they're probably not used to leaving a for basement indie area yeah now, now sure. here's the thing like even the non-indies had a lot of devs like the devil may cry 5 dev was there suda 51 was there swear sure. was probably at his event I, I know Swery was there. I was seeing him on Twitter. Yep. Yep. Mario himself. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a big pack. He, he was running the Smash booth. Yeah. That he makes was sense. like, you better pick me and only me. <laughs> it's a me, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Yeah, no, we had our okay, panel. Well, uh, how, um, I mean, how'd the panels go? I was going to say, uh, we had our panel on the first day. So, okay. uh, panel my good. It wasn't streamed this year, which was a little weird for us. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you guys like record it or anything? We didn't have anyone to record it. So if a fan, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, if right. a fan did, it's recorded. Otherwise, it's lost to the ether. Okay. So if you've recorded it, send it to John so we can upload it or something. I guess. Yeah, it'll it'll get uploaded. 
I might as well just, I'm going to do a quick search, see if it actually showed up. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. uh, what if, what if someone, <laughs> oh no, what if someone filmed it, <laughs> uh-huh. but they didn't like do a good job, so it was like just on you the entire time? <laughs> it's like an hour and a half straight, and it's too zoomed in. I mean, maybe that's their version <laughs> of a good job. They only want to see John. Maybe. But like, who are these other people up on stage? They are creating the content that they themselves want. That's yeah. the first rule. I don't know how I feel um, about this. <laughs> Why did you find that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I kind of hope not. It would actually be creepier if there was video of like very close up of John not at his panel, but just walking around the convention. That would be way worse. <laughs> Very like paparazzi style or something. Yeah, waiting to catch him uh, in. A- I bet you could have if you had like planned ahead. You probably could have like gotten someone, a fan or like a mod that you know who's going there to like. Yeah, you know, man a camera. Yeah, yeah. the um, the problem was like we were trying last minute to get a a better time slot or like in a different room that had streaming. Okay, and uh, the options were like later than the panel already was. Like the panel was at like. 7.30 to 8.30, I think. Mm-hmm. And the other options would have been, like, 10.30. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we were like, no. <clears throat> There's kind of something nice about being part of something if you're in that audience, knowing that, like, this is the experience of now that isn't saved for other people. Like, I'm getting to just be here. So there's something nice about oh, that. Oh, like, like, if you want to see it, you should have been there, kind of? Yeah. Yeah, that that is nice. Um, and then the other side of it is like this is also John's living is these like p- panels and in, in his in his in his YouTube ch- channel, so he needs this content in another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of a double edged sword in that sense. I like the uh, the idea of being like, yeah, I can tell you what happened, and you'll never get to see it. But like, it, it was kind of funny who won and how. Uh, mm-hmm. But it depends on like whether or not the footage exists or not. Like, is it worth? Like, yeah telling you that's what happened otherwise you're right yeah it was like a it was an interesting thing i was trying to think here now like our friends had panels too and i i think theirs might have been streamed i don't know i don't can i know someone in the chat might know this was tyler and josh's versus panel streamed or was it also probably not because it was in the same hotel Mm. so you're thinking just your panel was not streamed like a vendetta against you no nothing like that (laughs) specifically Someone just got really angry at me because of some Mario against, Party stuff. Not even against the runaway guys, against John. It's just John specifically. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy in particular. Mike and Jerry, not big fans of, <laughs> of the Proton John. Yeah, they're not known for liking sarcasm at all, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, well, um, so that panel went well, you said. How about the other ones? Um... That was the only panel we were on. So we had a, a meet. I thought you had a bunch of panels. I was signings. on a bunch of things, but I only had one panel. I had a signing oh, at okay. the Twitch booth, uh, which was just me and Reese, which was a little odd. Because usually, why when, was that odd? Well, because usually when Twitch does a signing, they're like, "All right, um, we're going to give you like three other people that are either tangentially related to you, your friends, or they just kind of look like you." No, like <laughs> they do the same content. <laughs> Jesus, Sean, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh could you imagine like we found these three other streamers 
yeah <laughs> share a striking resemblance and we thought that would be a funny like theme to go with <laughs> it would be pretty good that would be actually pretty funny i i wonder <laughs> twitch would probably do something that stupid if they could pull it off <laughs> but no um usually it's like oh here's like a bunch of streamers that do like similar content to you or you can request like someone get paired up in your group if they're also like a partnered streamer that's big enough okay but um it was just me and Reese, which was a little weird. Because, like I said, every other time I've done a signing with Twitch, it's been four people there. I just want to read this one comment from the chat. This is from Counterpoint Clover. Can one of these Proton Johns please sign my Throne Controllers card? Thanks a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Only one, though. Can't have too many. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so it was just you and Reese, though? There wasn't four? No, which like, it was weird, because apparently we weren't the only group that had that happen, but every other year I've gone, and every other PAX and con, it's been, like, four people no matter what. So I'm wondering, like, did they just not have enough people interested in doing a signing this year? Were they just trying something different, or what? Some no-shows, maybe, as well? Maybe. Had to move people around differently? Yeah, I can't imagine they wouldn't have enough, like, because I bet every second person at PAX probably has their own, like, YouTube channel at this point, and they would be more than happy to sign something for you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, but, uh, the, yeah, I don't know either. Like, I also missed out on the Twitch party because it was during the panel. Which what sucked. was the Twitch party? Um, they went to the Museum of Pop Culture. Okay. I hear that's very cool. Yeah. And that was just where it was this year. But cool. it was during the panel, so I had to miss it. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, okay, and uh, what else did you do? Um, played a lot of video games, which we should probably okay. talk about well, yeah. on well, the top well, Let's get into that. Yeah, take, hey, take it away. Keep going. I'm John Wheeler. Oh, I'm Paul Fleck. <laughs> I'm all flustered. I was also one of the John Wheelers at PAX. <laughs> 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 well... They made me sign something. I have to say that. <laughs> God damn it. Please like and subscribe. You're right. We should have stuck to that bit. I should have said I'm John Wheeler right after him as well. <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, I'm Sean Booker. Uh, yeah, September 7th. Guys, games are coming out like every yeah, week now. Yeah, it's getting crazy. Yeah. We got yeah. Spider-Man this week. Next week, we got Tomb Raider. Um, oh, my God. the following week? Gardens Between... That Nintendo indie game I was looking that they announced recently is the following week. Games are coming out. Yeah. Uh, but yes, John, you already talked about it. Uh, what have you been playing at PAX? A lot of stuff. Um, I got a fair amount of demos in this year because there was actually stuff I was interested in. First and foremost, I will state I did not get in line for Smash Brothers because uh, that line was fucking garbage. No, don't say that. Everyone stopped watching the YouTube oh, no! archive. No, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Should have been like, I'm going to talk about Smash at the very end, after all the ads. After all of the ads, all the mid-roll ads. Uh, all the mid-roll ads. So Nintendo's booth was set up so that there were two lines. There was a line for Smash Brothers and Mario Party at the same time. And, and a line for PAX. And then a line for everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's smart. That's probably smart. Yeah. So uh, never played Smash, never played Mario Party. But I did get to play No More Heroes, Travis Strikes Back. Okay. And I actually got to meet Suda51. Whoa, did you get him to sign something? No, I didn't have anything to sign, but like, I was just... Did you get a picture? Yes, I do have pictures of me. Cool. Okay. okay. So Very my cool. buddy Tom was uh, had... Uh, oh, what was the pass? It's not the... It's like uh, 
content producer badge for like streamers and YouTubers. Uh-huh. And he got Isn't offered. That what you have? Uh, I have a panelist badge. Oh, okay. Or special guests, as they call it. Uh, so which one's better? I'd argue his technically. Why is that? <laughs> because he gets to set up meetings and stuff like that. The best that we get is we get to like ignore panel lines, basically. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> and by ignore panel lines, I mean act like you work on the panel and then just take a seat. <laughs> Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> um. Yeah. So, uh, that game was fun, and it was really fun to chat with Suda. He, he is a very excitable dude. It was kind of awesome. Yeah. What What did you talk about? Tell us some of the. So I I, I mainly asked him questions about the game because it was an interview. <clears throat> so I asked him some stuff about Travis Strikes Again. Like, this is not considered No More Heroes Three, correct? He said, Yeah. Is there gonna be any cameos from No More Heroes characters like Henry or Shinobu? And he was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> Which means they're probably. Did you ask is. if you can turn into a tiger still? Oh no, that's already been in the trailer. So, okay. Actually, now that I think about it, I, that's true. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else we asked him. Basically, just asked him like, uh, the, what he thought about like doing something different. Like, did he is he excited to work on more stuff like that? And he was just he was just really fun to chat with. Then we sat down and actually. You played said the game. this was an interview. Did did you have to like approach this? Like you had to say, I'm going to interview you or. So, so here's the just- thing. Like uh, my buddy Tom set up the slot. He was offered like an interview and time to play the game, but he, oh, okay. but he just wanted to play the game. And then it ended up like, yeah, did you want to interview Suda? I'm like, N- I mean, and I'll chat like, with them. Sure. Fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it was it, like, like I said, it was, a, it was a pleasant surprise. Probably the high point of the, of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Did you guys ask him anything like outside of the game? Like, I don't know what's your favorite movie or something. Uh, no, I should have done something like that. You're right. I was, yeah, I was admittedly a little starstruck. So, cause like, I really, sure. I really love Suda's like work in general. So yeah. Yeah. I would love to know like his five favorite movies just going off of his work and stuff. I think mm-hmm. that would be really cool. I would expect the answers he'd come back with might not <clears throat> would probably be like Japanese exclusive movies. At least some of them. Also, I, sure. also I, I think I bet he, there's some weird is, stuff in there. Is he the one who's like really into drive or was that Kojima? Kojima. OK, I think Kojima has the jacket. Yeah. So actually, maybe I, I might be mistaken, actually. No, I, I think you're right. I know one of the two has the jacket and I couldn't remember which. Yeah. Kojima, another one I'd be like, I would love to know your five favorite movies. I think he puts that out on Twitter every now and then anyways, so. Yeah, he definitely tweets about movies. He and just, stuff he just talks and about I'm sure Suda's been asked that question before, so you could find that too. Yeah. Um. So we play the game as well. Uh, it is. How do I describe it? Do you ever play Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's pretty much that, but like no more okay. hero, no more heroes themed. I'm into this. I'm into this idea. Sean, also, you're Sean muted. Muted. But yeah, no, I'm super into this idea because I don't actually like No More Heroes 1 or 2 very much. So this sounds great. I like the style. I just don't like the gameplay. Yeah, so it's a top-down hack and slash like cool. dungeon crawler kind of game. You ha- I'm assuming the co-op element is not there. Uh, Yeah, there's you, there's two-player. But like, but no, no swapping between line. characters on the fly. No, nothing like that. Yeah, because you have like four right. guys like really close to each other. Yeah, but the gameplay is similar to that. Like you, you hold cool. down a trigger button to get access to your special abilities. <laughs> You have supers that you can activate together to do more damage, stuff like that. Cool. It's one step right. away it, from a MOBA. I like it. <laughs> it was fun to play. Uh, it had ranking per stage. The writing was the writing was done like as a joke because it was like referencing Seattle and PAX a lot. 
Mm. Okay. But uh, like it, it was that signature like Suda 51 weird writing style that was enjoyable. So like I, if you like like the dialogue of No More Heroes, then you will like the dialogue of this game. Cool. Okay. And of course, the style is is very is very Suda. Yeah. And I was and it's, it's Switch exclusive, right? Uh, I believe so. Okay. That was the only booth I saw it at, anyways. Pretty sure it's just exclusive to Switch. How did, did you how did you guys play it with like a pro controller? Uh, I or did you get a singular Joy-Con? I had a, I had a pro controller and Tom had two Joy-Cons. Okay. How's the HD rumble? I don't remember it, so I'm but I'm assuming it's there. Okay, so pretty accurate to just standard HD rumble. Yeah. You still and uh you still had to shake the controller to charge your sword. Perfect. Great. Like, yep. you, like you click in the left thumbstick and then you just like shake the Joy-Con and it just like charges. Yep. You don't have to do it nearly as much as you did with the Wiimote though. Oh, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, I got to play Devil May Cry 5. That was probably the longest lineup I got in for. Okay. Was that the, that the game you wanted to play the most? Yeah. As soon as yeah. I knew it was there, I wanted to go. They had a pizza party with it as well, but it was during the panel, so I missed that as well. Yeah. So um, I need to know, does it yeah. play well? Yeah. Okay, good. Did um, you play four? Yeah. No. Like actual four or... Actual you, four. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I loved it. Well, yeah, I didn't love it, it, but I liked it. <laughs> like, the demo was Nero, and yeah. he plays exactly like he does in four. Oh, like, okay. The, there's the sword revving. There's uh, there's the grappling hook, so you can grab enemies. Uh, there's like almost all of his moves are intact from that. Even the fucking air guitar taunt is still in there. Okay, so but some some people don't grow up <laughs> at all. Yeah, I love but the it. one thing that is different is uh, he's missing his arm now, so he has a robotic arm instead. Okay. The mm-hmm. the robotic arm is at least in the demo they only had two. There's probably more in the actual game. Uh, you get different arms that you find along the way, and they give you different moves for your B button. The uh, standard B button or the standard arm was the same as it was in four. Like you shoot a giant hand in front of you, it can do grabs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that actually like lets you do like a launcher from like the ground diagonally forward in air. So if you wanted to do like extended air combos or like catch up to people quickly, you could do that. So it was okay. really good for like keeping your combo going, but like I it didn't mesh well with my style. So uh, like I always I preferred the other arm better. There's also a move where you can just self-destruct the arm to like attack everyone around you, but it obviously destroys the arm and you need to find more one more of them around. Okay. Interesting. Oh, so they're not just they're not just like a special ability. Like I'm equipping this arm now. It's like a, it's like a one-time use item. Um, it you can as far as I could tell, you could use it as much as you wanted. But if you use the destructor, the destruction move, it was gone. Okay. It must maybe, do a okay, lot maybe of it is damage because that one's like though. really good. It did yeah. a fair yeah. amount of damage. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It also seems like a close range like panic attack to save yourself from getting damaged. So. Okay. Yeah. I think it was called hmm. like Devil Breaker or something like that. Okay. What if I'm a big fan of DMC? Um, then you're probably going to be disappointed because they didn't. They said they okay. took some lessons from the game, but like, uh, it mainly more or less feels like classic DMC. Cool. I'm in. That's fine. I mean, I like regular Devil May Cry too. Sure. Or as well, I should say. <laughs> um, 
I just liked DMC probably the most. That's fair. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, playing through the demo, it was interesting. You you went through like uh, I assume one of the starting stages, and then you had to fight a big boss. Uh, the bosses were pretty good. They have some things that I have not seen in previous DMC games before. I actually got lit on fire and kept taking contact damage until I actually stopped, dropped, and rolled to put out the fire. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So I almost lost the demo fight because I didn't realize it until I almost died. So. And I'm assuming that's just like dodge a bunch, right? Yeah. To roll. Okay. Yeah. Assassin's Creed does the, the did the same thing. I'm Origins. If you're on fire, you have to like roll around on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Uh. While I was playing the demo, the guy next to me. He had done the demo a bunch, too, and uh, he was trying to S-rank the demo because apparently no one had done it at PAX and only two people had done it at GamesCon. So the the dev of the game was there watching him play, and uh, I, had, I, like, I paused my demo halfway through just to watch him get through it. The <laughs> only way you could S-rank it was to not get hit ever in the demo. Okay. Okay. He ended the, the final boss fight with like a triple S like, style rank. Like He was doing ridiculously good. It was real fun to watch. And like everyone started cheering when he uh, when he got it, it was hilarious. Nice, cool. No, they I'm excited for Devil May Cry Five. Uh, I would, yeah, they gave us uh, randomized pins. Okay, and um, which are supposed to look like the collectibles in the game, but the one I got, I don't recognize. It was like a diamond. Hmm. But it doesn't okay. look. It must be one of the new items because it doesn't look like anything currently there. Uh, cool. So my other friends got like the green orbs, the red orbs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Sure. Uh that comes out March. I'm super pumped for that. Yeah. Cool. Me too. Uh what else? I played Gato Roboto, which was recently announced. Uh Devolver's publishing that one. It is a monochrome Metroid where yeah, you play cat Metroid, as a right? Yeah, where you play as a cat who has a giant mech suit. Yeah. I have never heard about this. It it literally got announced like last week. Yeah. Very true. It looks so, cute. Like, it is really fun. It played really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, you, like you run around finding upgrades for your suit. Uh, instead of having a morph ball, you literally just hop out of your mech suit and run around <laughs> as a cat. Yeah. This is a very cute cat. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the cat can swim too because the only way to swim in water was to get out of the suit. If you jumped in in the water, it just exploded. That's odd. You would think the cat would, yeah, would want to be right. in the suit. Yeah. I thought the same, but like, whatever. I, I yeah. hopped in halfway through someone's demo, so I was just trying to figure it out. <laughs> that was really, really fun i don't know when that's coming out but i'm excited for it uh it just says 2019 on the reveal trailer page all right i also got to play killer queen black which is the arcade the switch version of killer queen the arcade yeah right. have you played killer queen yeah okay i haven't played killer queen so killer queen although the- i'm going to portland next month and I believe Ground Control, yes. uh, which is a barcade there, has it. Yeah, that's. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the first places it was at, actually. <clears throat> I believe yeah. so, yeah. And I'm going up there with my with my Quidditch team, so I'll definitely have a, a whole group of people that are nerdy and will want to play it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do that. So Killer Queen is a five-on-five, five, like the arcade game is a five-on-five five, uh, arcade game where you're against another team, and uh, you are one player plays as the queen on their team, and the other four are drones. The drone, like the team has to win one of three ways, either militarily by killing the other queen three times, economically by collecting these little like berries that are around the map and bringing back about, I think, 20 of them. Okay. Or by snail, 
There's a uh, snail somewhere on the map, and if you hold a berry and hop on him, you run towards a uh, a uh, flag. And if you get okay. to the flag in time, you win. Like it's a race. So it's kind of like a nuke option. Like this other stuff's not working. Get the snail. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the the trick with that is like um, you need to have a berry in your hand to move him. I think. And the only way, like, the other team can kill you if you're on the snail, or if they're not a class that can actually do killing, they can sacrifice their bodies to the snail to be eaten to stop the snail from moving. Okay, but does a snail get reset, or is he always... Snail stays wherever he was. Yeah, the snail moves really slow, so it's more of like a stealth way to kind of win. So it seems like they balanced it out in black, because the snail was definitely faster than I remember it ever being. Oh, okay. 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 That's good. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, so Killer Queen... Did, did it have online? Yes, multiplayer? that's what I'm about to talk about. Good. So Killer Queen Black, the Switch version, is four on four, so it's uh, balanced a little differently. There's multiple maps, uh, and they did something really cool, which I'm curious to see how it's actually going to work. They talked about the black team, because normally it's blue versus yellow, or blue versus mm-hmm. gold, whatever. Um, the black team is an online exclusive king of the hill style setup where whoever's like won the most matches or whatever becomes the black team and they stay the black team until someone beats them and then they become the black team but what they're gonna what they're gonna do with this is that whatever team is the black team will be live streamed 24 hours a day (laughs) on their channel Okay. So just well for as long as they're the black team. As right? long as they're the black team, yeah. yeah. So like, okay. basically, there is a going to be a Killer Queen Black s- streaming page somewhere, either on Twitch or whatever, that is mm-hmm. exclusively showing like the best players in Killer Queen permanently, which is right. kind of, which I is really it. cool. I like the idea behind it. I really yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, it played. That is cool. It played really good. I was a big fan of it, um, but I already liked the original Killer Queen, so I just it's, it's just more but better. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that uh, that game needs to be in more hands. So yeah, I forget when that's coming out. I think it's like October. It's soon ish. Oh, is it? Great. To me, that sounds like a breach of privacy. How? You're just showing you playing the game. Yeah, it's not like they can get any. Not going to see your face or anything. Yeah, it's nothing so. like that. It's not like they're actually like coming to your house to like interview you or any shit like well, that. Well, that would just, be even better. They're just showing your gameplay. That's all. It just showing the gameplay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I bet there might even be a way for you to like turn that off. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's. I think it's also out. like in an exclusive like playlist, so I think you have to willingly pick it. That's actually. There's probably a thing. Yeah, if you choose to play here, you are opting in to being streamed. That's probably sure. What, mm-hmm. uh, what else did I play? What the golf. Now, this was one I was actually told to go check out by by a viewer. Okay. Um, I don't know what studio does, does this, or I don't know if it's their first time or not. But um, basically, this was just like a really quirky golf game where it starts normally like you shoot, you like charge a meter, you shoot the ball into the hole. And then it starts changing the rules on you. So like the next hole... Your your golfer goes to make a swing, but then the golfer moves instead of the ball, so you have to get the golfer to the goal. Oh, I I saw this on... There was some show, I don't know if it was a Nintendo Direct or an E3 thing, I remember someone actually showing this game off. Yeah. So, like, then the next hole is, like, you have a house that you have to get to the, to the uh, golf hole, 
And then the next round might be like a car you have to drive to the, the hole. And then suddenly it turned into super hot where you were shooting the awesome. You were shooting the golf ball towards the hole, but you also had to pick up guns to shoot people that were shooting at you. And and even great. and even at the end it starts going like super putt. Super. <laughs> That's okay. Pretty All good. right. This says it's coming out late summer 2018. So Oh uh, yeah, it's it's sometime next year. I talked to the dev. No, 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 2018. Yeah, I know. Like it's been re redone. It's it's next year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Steam page is showing 2019. This is by a developer called <laughs> Tribend. They do have a game coming out this year called Keyboard Sports Saving Quarty. Interesting. And that's being published by Humble Bundle. So okay, there you go. All right, yeah. So like later on, like the golf ball gets a grappling hook, so you need to figure out how to swing towards the hole <laughs> on like a two D platform. Like the game is ridiculous, but it was so fun to play. This sounds great. Yeah, it it was a fun, charming game, and I can't wait for the full thing to come out. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, I didn't play much else in the indie booth. I watched a couple demos, like um. Reese was playing this game called Get in the Car Loser, which looks to oh, be from um, Christine Love. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically it looked like a Death Road to Canada style like road trip game, but like with more plot and about like a group of friends like going to seal the ancient evil while also managing a car trip and staying friends. It looked really interesting. Right, yeah, it's and like it, an RPG. Yeah. It played a lot like. Um, fuck, what's it called? Valkyrie Profile, where like each player is on like a different button and you kind of just combo them together. Okay. Speaking of Valkyrie Profile, Indivisible was also there as a demo. So I watched that for a little bit. That's still looking really good. Cool. Um, There was some ASCII art game that Reese played as well for a bit, but I can't remember the name of it right now. But it was also another really fun watch. Like, it was literally like... um, Just done like, oh, yeah, here's a bunch of like slashes, circles, and like periods and stuff like that to make art for like trees. You had to like craft items to get through zones. You had to pick up hmm. items and like it like it looked like a proper like classic text based RPG. Cool. Sure. Okay. Um I also played Full Quiet. So this was a game for the NES that's coming out next year. For the NES? Yeah. This is okay. this is done by the guys who made uh Halloween Haunted ninety five and ninety six or eighty five rather than eighty six. Which were uh, two beat 'em ups they also made for the NES. They're they're like a homebrew NES company, but their stuff is also on Steam and I think now um, Xbox 360 or Xbox One rather. Right. Okay. Um, this one is like a weird like adventure game where you had to kind of run around like fighting monsters with your gun, but you also had to solve puzzles. Like at one point, I had to do uh, a pipe maze style puzzle. I had to go around finding switches and like try to solve this mystery about like why these monsters are showing up in your town. It was kind of fun. I liked it. Yeah, you're like a mountain okay. man or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. This was a Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, so they, game. they they've started kickstarting their NES games, and mm-hmm. uh, they were fun. Like I I liked the the Halloween haunted games. They were fun beat 'em up. So I'm excited for this. This looks cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I didn't play this, but I wanted to talk about this because it got announced at PAX. Uh, this is <laughs> a Super Meat Boy card game now. Okay. Right. I, I understood it like sold out pretty quick. Yeah, it's like Super Meat Boy Rival Rush or something like that. The way the yeah, the, that's what it's called. Yeah, the way the game works is that you lay down like trap rooms, and then you have to play cards quickly to try to like get through the traps and stuff like that. 
Okay. They sold they sold booster pack or like a main starter deck, but the, even the starter decks were a little randomized, so you had to like try to get other. I think I don't. They didn't have any booster packs, which was weird. But supposedly the deck, all the decks were slightly different. I have one. I just haven't played it yet. I don't have anyone to play it with. Okay. How much was it? Uh, twenty bucks, I think. Ten okay. bucks, twenty bucks. It was cheap. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they were giving out like a free promo card uh, if you if you bought it there. So it was cool. They also had Super Meat Boy Forever on demo again. But oh, Kyle Pulver's part of Team Meat now with Tommy. I didn't know that. Neat. Who's Kyle Pulver? He is an indie dev that did, what's that game called now? Offspring Fling. Okay, I've heard of that. And a bunch of other stuff. Okay, yeah, I've heard that one too. Yeah. No, he's a cool guy, actually. I I was just more surprised that it -hmm. it didn't seem like uh, those two would know each other at all, but they're part of the same thing now, so that's cool. John, you shrugged off Super Meat Boy Forever. What what was that? Well, because like I played that demo like four years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I yeah. asked him, like, hey, I hate to ask this, but like, what's the word on Meat Boy Forever? He's like, nope, still don't have a date. Sorry. <laughs> but the demo looked pretty fleshed out that they had there, so they've got to be coming close, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much all I can remember playing at PAX, but uh, I did... Also, finally get to play a game I've been excited about since PAX East, The Messenger. Yes. This came, this came out on Thursday. Uh, I beat it Wednesday. That game's really good. The day before. Yeah, I time-traveled. <laughs> yeah. It was real good. Yep. That's how fast you were. Yep. No, that game's awesome. It's very I good. hear it goes to some crazy places. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah, um, it definitely does go to some crazy places. The uh, The plot's not much to think about, but the dialogue in the game is phenomenal. Yeah, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of optional dialogue that you can go to and like it's very, very sharply written. Paul and I were talking about this a bit last week. He had like just started it Mm. um, and we had a whole bunch of confusion about what its price was. Yeah, because it was coming up as something different for me than what he was seeing, regardless of the currency we were looking at. So the game, Uh, the game is 20 bucks if you just buy it. But on the Switch, if you own any Devolver game, so that's like Enter the Gungeon, Minute, a couple other games, you get, I yep. think, a 20% discount or something like that. 15. 15. And on That's what it was. And on Steam, if you own Enter the Gungeon specifically, and you pick it up in the next couple days, you get 20% off. Okay. Cool. That yeah. game's really good. I am yeah. so glad I played it. Uh, if you don't know what Messenger is, basically imagine like, a more linear, more forgiving Ninja Gaiden that just goes to some crazy lengths. I just don't want to go into too much detail, but totally. It, it yeah, was... I'm looking forward to picking it up. I just I don't I like I have multiple Switch games I'm playing right now, yeah. so it just I don't have the time for it. So it's yeah. like I can I can let it wait for a bit, and then maybe it'll be on sale when I do have time. Mm. But I'm I'm excited. I've heard some great things. Yeah. I I almost recommend getting to it sooner so you don't have some of the stuff spoiled for you because if you haven't been paying attention to the trailers or stuff there's there's some things. I haven't been. I don't know much. About, I just I've just been hearing opinions basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that game that game's probably gonna be my top five for the year. Oh wow! Yeah, that, it's really I enjoyed good. it that much. It's probably in my top ten for sure. So far, anyway, Spider Man yeah. did just come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like. <laughs> I, I beat and that's going to take up 10 slots. Yep, there you go. That's them. how it works. <laughs> one for each, each letter for, and for the hyphen. Suit. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, then, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's 10. That's 10. <laughs> no, I have right, highly so big thumbs it. up for Messenger. Super big thumbs up. Highly recommend it. What'd you play it on? Switch. Switch. Yeah, it's also cool. on Steam and, and good old games. And that's all I've played. All right, Paul, why don't you keep going? You've been playing the Messenger as well. Yeah, it's dope. I'm not going to talk about it for the same reasons, but it's a modernized Ninja Gaiden. If that sounds cool to you, you should definitely pick yeah. it up. But not as hard. We need to class- clarify <laughs> that. It's, because I had a lot of people that were yeah. like, this game looks like it might be too hard. I'm like, no, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. Like, there the are hardest, some points that will stop you. The hardest thing is that sometimes when you want to like free fall and you accidentally like touch a ledge, you'll stick to it. And you're just like, oh, no. And then that's it. Yeah. Like, that's stuff the like hardest that. there, thing. There are some areas that are like pretty weirdly balanced for difficulty. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you haven't finished the game yet, Paul. I have not, no. There's a scene near the very end that's surprisingly difficult compared to how the rest of the okay. game is. It, it, like, it almost seems exclusively meant to make you die a couple times. So I have not felt like there has been a ramp up yet at all. Like it's all stayed pretty much the same like amount of difficulty shallowness. I'm in the shallow end this whole Can time. Can you tell so. me where you are without spoiling it for Sean or? Uh... Two, Please don't spoil it. Two for hours, maybe. Have you gotten to the ice world yet? I think that's where I am going to because I stopped after beating a boss. You probably beat uh, the soup boss, for lack of a better term. Is that the last boss you fought? <laughs> no, maybe that's the next boss I'm on. Then is the background red or white? It's red. Oh, and that's where you are now? Is this where you started? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, you're you're not at the high stage. So that's probably next, then? Yeah. Okay. You're at the point where it's going to start ramping up. Ramping up? Okay. That's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you get the new item in the red area yet? No. Like, I stopped at the beginning of the area. Okay. Yeah, as soon, you're going to go, like, three screens in, get a new item, and then you're going to be like, oh, my God, the game has changed. Okay. Every yeah. time I've gotten an item, the game has changed a significant. You guys gotta amount. stop, man. I know. I know. Play uh, the damn game, Sean. I, I plan to. I plan to. Yeah. No, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, Games I, are coming out. I've been playing a bunch of small stuff. Uh, I'm gonna be playing more of it today, which is why it's not on the list. But Battlefield Five demo or open beta is on right now. That's a Battlefield game, and it's pretty fun. I'm gonna be playing with a group of friends later so we'll see how that squad experience is in this new one but yeah that thing's beautiful and plays like a good shooter so it is battlefield again uh rainbow six siege had its update this week grim sky oh yeah i got an eight gigabyte download yeah my xbox didn't download on its own for some reason i don't understand what rest mode is supposed to do (laughs) supposed to piss you off it is exceeding. clearly it's like because i turn it on it's like why didn't you download this like yeah. isn't that the whole point uh so the new operators maverick and clash uh Ma- yeah. maverick being the new attacker who has a blowtorch that can make peak holes through the solid metal walls to get like the cheap reinforced kills. walls yep and uh clash who is a defender with a giant shield and a t- with a taser on it that can slow attackers running at her down and just be basically when 
a window is broken open our doorway she could like literally just take up that whole spot and just like harass people is she's annoying you need like two people because you have to like get her behind her somehow no you just have to hit her with a melee attack and then she like it makes her shield go all like whoa and then you can shoot her okay good to know yeah that's why she has the taser to slow attackers down so she can like move backwards basically otherwise she's pretty useless uh they're both super fun i've been having a blast with both of them uh i've been playing as fuse yeah and cap can yeah still yeah those are never good change. ones <laughs> yeah i like those ones War never changes <laughs> yeah yeah no they're they're good ones so good on you um mega man 11 demo is a thing oh yeah and that plays like exactly how i want a new mega man game to play i really really like it a lot i really like the double gear feature of being able to slow down time or make your like empower your attacks and uh in the demo they give you two like robot master abilities one is a drill type attack where it just kind of like it's like a dash with like a drill on the end of it so you can hurt enemies at the end of the dash or like you could go through them if they're weak enough and an electrical attack, which kind of rides along the walls, but also has a giant electrical ball where you shoot it to, like, kill anything that's coming in that area, which I think are both very good ways to just showcase different traversal and, like, level mechanics that the Robot Masters uh, stuff will give you. It's it's one of those games done right in the way that I was hoping Mighty Number no. 9 would be and wasn't. It This is the game I wanted, so I'm super, super stoked. For that full thing. Um, other than that, I've been playing Tabletop Simulator because the Binding of Isaac Four Souls card game, now that the Kickstarter is over, is out on that. Uh, so Edmund McMillan put out all of the cards as a on a spoiler page, and fans have put that into Tabletop Simulator, and uh, me and a group of friends have just been playing whenever we could every night throughout this week. And uh, just kind of playtesting it. And I've been tweeting back at Edmund saying like, yo, is this supposed to be this broken? And he's been like, yep. So <laughs> that Wait, game so he, is, he willingly put it up in, for tabletop sim and he's OK with that. I'm surprised he did not. But he has not taken this one down. He took down the ones that were coming out before he put out all the cards in a spoiler. And he has not put, took it, taken them down since. So. Because you can no longer buy this game. <laughs> that's that's actually a fair point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. So the Kickstarter is over. And I think the community has just kind of agreed that people that didn't care about this game, like, they can't buy it now anyway. So whatever. Uh, so, yeah, we've been playing it and uh, kind of theory crafting and making broken runs and stuff. And it's super, super cool for anybody who doesn't know what it plays like. If you know Magic the Gathering, it plays like the Commander uh style of gameplay or edh as it might be more known for people that are in the magic the gathering community or whatever it plays like a very watered down basic version of that where every turn you draw a card you are able to play one loot card and like use whatever abilities you want to attack either the monster deck or attack other players for your benefit the first player to end their turn with four souls is the winner and you get souls by killing 
uh, boss monsters or by like fucking over your friends in some way, usually. So, yeah, it's been really, really cool. And I am looking forward to playing much, 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 much more of that. I'm excited for my stuff to ship. And to be honest, it's reminded me that like I haven't gotten that survey asking me a bunch of stuff yet. So I should probably check Kickstarter because I want that stuff to send to me at some point since I paid really? for it. I, I think I got mine. Okay, I'll check after the podcast is over, or like when Sean's talking, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> because getting a little nervous at this point, so, you know, maybe I went to spam. Yeah, uh, Binding of Isaac, Four Souls. If you have Tabletop Simulator, you can try it out there, and I highly suggest you find at least two other friends to play with you, because we've tried. I tried with one person. 1v1 is doable, but not nearly as fun as four people obviously but even three people is fine in a pinch as well but uh that's all i've been playing yeah check around all august right, 20th that's when mine came in holy shit okay uh i haven't been playing a ton uh i've been playing through thumper uh which is that rhythm like game came out last year from some x harmonics devs um you're this weird like metal scarab creature on a track flying through this like weird psychedelic nightmare landscape um and then different uh like color cues or uh corners will come at you and you need to react in certain ways so if there's like um if there's like a color on the ground you need to hit a on that um if there's lines across the thing you need to hold down a uh, every kind of corner you need to hold the direction it's turning and a there's ones where you need to like jump in the air i just made it to level four there's 10 in total but each stage is getting longer and longer um for example like each each stage has like checkpoints throughout it and the first one it has only like i want to say maybe 15 checkpoints and then stage four has 30 checkpoints stage four every stage enters at, like adds a new mechanic uh stage four and adds a second track that you have to jump back and forth between, which makes it really hard because it was already getting pretty difficult. And now I need to jump back and forth and do all this stuff. It's a cool game though. Um, like these people, like they definitely know the audio element of it. So it's, I'm enjoying it the most with like headphones on. Yeah. Um, and it is just like a cool, like weird experience playing this game. Um, what's really great though is uh, it's like two hits and you're out. Uh, but you just go back to the last checkpoint and each checkpoint, if you're playing perfectly, each checkpoint is maybe like 30 seconds long. Um, so even if you're playing badly, you'll kind of eventually like memorize this checkpoints pattern and you'll get through it. So it's not like you need to bang your head against anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can even stop halfway through a stage and then pick up at the checkpoint you were at, uh, which is really nice. And you can like go back to previous checkpoints if you're trying to like S rank each one. Or like you know, get a better score. I, I wanted to get the one achievement for getting um, for S ranking an entire level, so that was really nice being able to just go back to whatever checkpoint I wanted to and play that section. I'm kind of excited to hear your thoughts on this in regards to Runner Three, which is kind of similar in a different way. Later, when we do the Runner Three thing, maybe I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about that. I don't know if. I, hmm. I guess mechanically they're very similar, except this is yeah. from beh behind the back. Sure. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I guess they're 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 somewhat similar. Well, um, it can percolate a little bit because we'll do that after this show. 
Right. Yeah. Um, I'm playing this on Xbox One. Uh, I think it was on sale for like five bucks a week or two ago. Oh. Uh, I had been thinking of picking it up because it it gets real cheap. I think it's three dollars on phones right now. But I was like, this. I don't think this is a game I want to play on like the train. Because, like, you want your headphones, you want the music, and you just kind of want to be in this space. I think this game would be really awesome in VR, and I know you can play it in VR. Um, I know on the uh, PlayStation, at least, you can. I'm assuming, like, on Oculus, you can as well. That would be very cool. And each stage has this crazy, like, metal skull boss that's covered in spikes that just, like, comes over the horizon at you. Like, it is a trippy game. It is a It is a trippy game. It's cool. Uh, and then just today, I started playing Tumbleseed on my Switch. Uh, Tumbleseed is five bucks right now on the Switch. It's on sale. So if you're somewhat interested in this game, I would I would probably recommend it. On PC as well, I just noticed. Is it discounted on PC as well? I think I had I think they had tweeted out that this is the first time it's been under five dollars on the Switch. Um, so if you're waiting for that uh, platform, uh, look for that one. Mm-hmm. This game came out like one or two week or two one or two years ago. Um. They rec. I'm trying to recall, remember what game they referred to it as. Uh, I wasn't familiar with it, but another good um, comparison is that labyrinth toy, where you're tr- you're like rolling the marble yeah. through mm-hmm. through the maze, and it, you don't want it to fall in the holes. It's like that if it was 2D. Monkey ball, um, also. Monkey ball. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um. But this is basically, so it's, you know, I'm playing it on my Switch. Each uh, analog stick controls one side of this platform. And then there's a little ball or a seed in the game that sits in the middle. And you want to, you know, rotate, you know, tilt the uh, platform one way to make it roll down that platform while also raising the platform in general to get to the top of the mountain. That's the, that's kind of the narrative arc. And there's fun little creatures that you'll get to talk to and stuff. There's a little story going on. And then holes will be opened up that you can fall into that you don't want to. And they consider it a roguelike where you're going to die and start again. But you get like checkpoints and one, whatnot. I haven't played it enough yet to die so far. I'm actually going pretty slowly, which is kind of the name of the game in this. Although I know it definitely gets harder where some of the enemies or obstacles are moving. So you do have to speed up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really great is it even has like a little dot on the center of the, uh, of, on the center of the um, section of the platform that the seed is on. So you can kind of always tell if you're level or not, which is, which is just a really great indicator um, for when you're trying to like slow down in one way and you don't want to be rolling in a certain way. You just want the, the seed to sit there. Uh, it has a great look, great music. Um, so yeah, again, I would check that out. That's tumble seed and it's on sale right now for like $5. Only 0.2% of P players actually completed the game based on their data. Apparently. Oh, I'm assuming it's going to get real hard. Like I said, yeah. I'm not too far into it. I've been playing for like maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm liking it. it. I'm liking the way it looks and everything. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. And with that, let's go to some news. Cool. Um, coming at you. So I guess one of the big things this week was there was supposed to be a Nintendo Direct and it was delayed due to a huge earthquake in Japan. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of things were planned to come out or be announced based on the timing of this direct, and those things have still been getting announced or getting leaked. Mm. So a few things from that. Uh, Sid Meier's Civilization VI is coming to Switch in November. Okay. That's a pretty big game coming, although now it looks like that page has been taken down, so that's cool. 
Um, also, some games are starting to pop up talking about their cloud saves on the Switch. I believe uh, one specifically, there was a Japanese game that came out that on the back it even had documentation ta- saying it has cloud save. Uh, so this kind of points to this Direct was probably going to have a whole section about the Nintendo Online service, which makes sense. That's supposed to go live later this month, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that's definitely happening. Uh, one of the big ones is that the Yoshi game its title was leaked and that's going to be called Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, We don't have any other information, but theoretically they were going to talk about that in the direct as well. I don't know if I said it earlier, that direct is got delayed to next week at some point. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're going to edit that direct because they would have said like, and we'll have more to say on this later, but the trailer's already been out for some of these things or leaked. I wonder if they're going to change any of the terminology Mm. or even address it at all or just be like, nope, this is what we would have put out last week. So, yeah, it's probably mind. just the same video file they're going to set to go live on a different date. Yeah. Again, uh, Yoshi's Crafted World 2019. That's all we got right now. Cool. This was pretty weird. THQ Nordic bought the Kingdoms of Amalur IP. That makes a lot of sense. Kingdoms of Amalur had so much time and money put into the story building that they have like a full thing. They have like a whole universe they could do something with. So, sure, that's fine. <laughs> I I just, I had heard that the Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning was good. It was. I didn't hear many people playing it, though. So I'm surprised they picked this up. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it, because that's one of the failure points of Kingdoms of Amalur, right? Is that they got so much money, and they kind of put out, like, an okay game and not an amazing one. <laughs> Right, well, because a lot of it was going into the MMO they were working on that got cancelled. Yeah. Um, So, like, who knows? Do they get that part of that MMO? Is that going to get brought to life again? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the tweet from THQ Nordic basically says, we are beyond proud to announce that THQ Nordic has acquired the Kingdoms of Amalur IP, among other assets, from 38 Studios. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Sure. (laughs) That's fine. Because I was kind of digging the world they were building in Reckoning there. That single-player MMO thing they were doing. Yep. Uh, moving on. Henry Cavill has been cast as... Uh, is it Geralt or Geralt? From The Witcher. Geralt. Geralt. So it's going to be Henry Cavill. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah? Good Good casting? Sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. He has the like, He's a big dude. Geralt is supposed to be a big dude. He has like the very strong features and stuff. Like, yeah. Sure. He fits very, it fine. Yeah, broad chin. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that's happening. Uh this was kind of interesting. The devs for Sword and Sorcery. Uh it was announced that that game is coming to uh Switch. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the questions uh people were wondering was is it going to have the Twitter integration that the the, the phone version did. Yeah. And for those who don't know, the phone version of Sword and Sorcery, you could basically like output a tweet for any kind of dialogue that popped up and there would be like a hashtag about the game and stuff. And this was super early on in Twitter, so it hadn't been like overdone and annoying yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were asked, is is the Switch version going to have uh, the Twitter version? And the dev came back and I'll just kind of read the quote here. Twitter support has been cut from sorcer- from the Sorcery Switch Edition, said creative director Chris, oh man, Piotrowski. Uh, 
The reason for this is simple. When we first launched Sorcery many moons ago, Twitter was fun and nice and cool. Now, in the year 2018, Twitter is a vat of toxic waste, and we want nothing to do with it. Twitter was never fun, nice, and cool, but he's right. It is a toxic waste, so... Um, <laughs> I love There's also another... Uh, they also reached out to Cappy, and they said, since our prior experiment in 2011, social networks have proven to be catastrophic for society. <laughs> so we now encourage isolation and regretful reflection. Oh, I love it. That's so good. Uh, so anyways, that feature is not going to be in the Switch version. Yeah. Uh, and then, Paul, you brought this one up. I did. So PS Now support is on the PC. Um, I was playing with it yesterday so cool. I could talk about it a little bit. It works fine. It's an app that you download on your PC that you start up kind of like a launcher. And if you have PS Now, which I had to up to like try it out and stuff. Um, and there's a seven day trial as well. If uh, if you're interested in trying it yourself and you don't have a PlayStation um, you download this app like a launcher and then there's just all the games you can play and you click on a game and then it says, OK, cool, plug in a controller of some sort and they recommend uh, DualShock 4. But if they don't read a DualShock 4, they'll look for DualShock 3. And if they don't read that's a DualShock 3, they'll just say, OK, you can't like you're not going to get uh, the same experience with uh this stuff especially if you need the touchpad for anything like just be aware of that and you can just be like yeah whatever and it sure as shit so it you can works. use a 360 controller you can use a 360 controller yeah and sure as shit it works like i was playing katamari yesterday for a while just for the hell of it to try that out and then i loaded up what the hell was it now i loaded up another game that i didn't want to play bloodborne because i thought that'd be too easy but bloodborne is available for people that don't have a playstation 4 uh, I think and do you have to pay for each of these games? No, it's kind of like a Netflix service. It's a their streaming. So it's like service. Game Pass, kind of. Yeah, okay. kind of. But oh, but so the difference is you're streaming it. You're streaming it. That's a thing. So what you need is a connection that like can do at least four to five megabytes a second or megabits a second. Otherwise, you're going to get latency issues. Uh, okay. I do have that connection. So it was no problem for me. I was able to play whatever game I wanted. Totally fine. Where I didn't try it is I did not try any like games with an online component, which I probably should have because I'd be interested to see how that works. But uh, yeah, I think that if you don't have a PlayStation or a PlayStation 4 and you want to try some exclusives, I think this is a great way to go about that, especially since you can start a seven day trial for free and then just not up it again. But if you do like it, I think it's 20 bucks a month, which is like steep. That's steep compared to Game Pass, yeah. which they let you download the games. You don't have to worry about streaming. So they run perfect. Yeah. And Game Pass is 10 bucks a month. Yeah, it's steep. If you go higher amount of months, I think it's like 35 bucks for three months. Like it discounts as you go up at, with your loyalty, I guess, to it. Sure. Um. But yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not discounting already when like, yeah, who's talking about uh, PlayStation now? Everyone's Nobody. talking about Game Pass. Exactly. And even to download this fucking thing, it was a little confusing. You have to go to PSNow.com or whatever. And then there you have to go get PS Now. And then there you can say, OK, I'm on a PC and then download the app. There's not just a big banner that says on PC, try Bloodborne now. Like they're 
they're marketing this so poorly that I think it is a service to talk about how to get it here. So you're well, welcome, that's the thing, first that of they've all. They've always had that problem <laughs> with PlayStation yeah. Now. Yeah, it's it's repugnant that they're able to just somehow try to get people and then not put any work into it. But the basic idea is if you have a PC, you wanted to try Bloodborne because you really like the Souls games and you weren't going to buy a PS4 for it ever, just download this thing, try it out for seven days and then don't re-upload or re-up on it. But there's a bunch of other stuff on there too. There's like Red Dead Redemption if you wanted to check that out before two comes out and they have the undead nightmare like download as well if you wanted to try that halloween stuff there's soma a bunch of other cool so it's not just exclusives no there's a whole bunch of like cool stuff on there as well but the big titles right now that weren't available before are like bloodborne and um there is a list here i'm just going to quickly look up so the new stuff that they added are Bloodborne, Bard's Gold, Exiles End, God Eater Resurrection, Moto Racer 4, The Dwarves, whatever the fuck that is, Shines, The Lightning Kingdom, Project Cars, and Aces of the Luftwaffe. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think it is a cool thing if you have a decent PC and you don't have a PS4 to try out some PlayStation games, and I highly recommend doing so for free while you can for seven days. All right, let's move into some questions. Topdownperspective at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, You can also send questions in on Twitter at TDP Podcast, the Facebook group, the Discord channel, and uh, John's P.O. Box. I'll read this first one from James. Mm-hmm. who says recently my roommates and i had a discussion about our differing opinions on spoilers for context they don't like spoilers of any caliber whereas i am okay with light spoilers we sort of came to the conclusion although one of my roommates still says i'm wrong <laughs> that this was because they are more technical when going through something and i am more emotional hmm. as an example when going through a murder mystery game if they know who the killer is beforehand, they stop focusing on the story at hand and look for any detail that points to it. In contrast, if I know who the killer is beforehand, I'm still going along for the ride and still get emotionally invested in the game. Because to me, if something is well made, light spoilers shouldn't take away from the experience. But to my roommates, it does. Okay. With all that out of the way, what would you say you are more? Sorry, would you say you are more technically minded when going through something, or more emotional? <laughs> okay. First of all, super dismissive of your friends. Um, <laughs> just or at least this one, ro- this, this roommate. Oh, you roommate. You're just emotional. It's like, w- excuse me? What? <laughs> We're talking about spoilers. No, I'm not! <laughs> um, I don't care at all about spoilers. Uh... To an extent. I do. I don't like to be spoiled. Yeah, I don't care at all about it. Well, no it. one likes to be spoiled, per se. Except for Paul. Yeah, it doesn't bother. There's a lot of times where knowing a cool thing or a cool thing a game does will make me actually check it out rather than ignore it. Um, That being said, probably more emotional because I, like, I won't let knowing what is going to happen affect my decisions on like, trying to stop it or whatever because like... I know it's going to happen, so I'm not going to, like, look for the clues that point to the killer 
because that's taking away from the experience of playing the game just in general, just like trying to min max it, especially like the first time through. So, yeah, probably See, more I'll, emotional. I'll I'll do both, honestly. Like if I know I'll be like, all right, I know this person at the end is going to be the person who does it. So I'm going to see if there's any tales about it. But I also enjoy the journey along the way to figure out, like, sure, what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's binary. I I think I start off more emotional. And I'm basing that on, like, because I won't watch scary movies because I get too, like, I get too bought in real quickly. So even if if people are joking, like, but it was so corny, like, this was lame. Like, I just get too bought in and then I get too scared and I don't like it. Okay. Um. But, like, anytime I'm watching a movie for the second time, I'm, like, always trying to find, like, or are they pointing to what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen. Like, how did they how did they foreshadow this and stuff like that? Yeah, I think there is a difference, by the way. Like, I should clarify the spoiler thing. If I'm watching a movie, I don't want to be spoiled because all I am is the viewer of this thing. When it's a video game, I care more about how my experience playing and interacting with it is. I don't care as much about story stuff. And I like stories and games a lot. So, like, but, so do you do you feel the same if you're playing like Life is Strange, for example, which is like heavy story? I consider that more of a movie. Yeah, because I the story okay. is the thing that you go to that game so, for. So then you're going to change it based on how like weighty the story is on the game. Like, I don't you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true either, because like. So let's say Mario Odyssey, for example. Okay. Uh, there's not a huge story component to that, yeah. but I still wouldn't have wanted to be spoiled about each of the kingdoms I'm going to get to see. I wanted to experience those as I got there. See, I don't care. I'll know all about that whole fucking game and still play it and be excited to get to that part that's coming up because that sounds fucking cool. Like, yeah, so. Okay. Yep. I'll take the one from Eduardo. How do you feel about multi-phase boss fights? Are they annoying? Are they a fair way to add challenge? Multi-phase boss <clears> fights. I think it depends. On how it's done, for sure. Yeah. It makes yeah. a lot of sense to be the last boss. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the first boss. I'm going to say I like them. Yeah. I like... Yeah. They can definitely add, like, uh, literally a sense of escalation um, and then, yeah. and, and often these can get like, wow, this thing is getting ridiculous. I thought like when it had two cannons, that was crazy, but now it's got a hundred cannons. Yeah. Like, let's go. Sure. <laughs> um, I think I prefer if they checkpoint between sections. Yeah. So yeah, this is where, this is where we start talking about how you can do this wrong. Um, multi-phase boss fights. When you add a phase that has an insta kill, you did it wrong. First of all. Mm. Because the first time you play that, you can't avoid it. <laughs> and if you don't checkpoint sure. at that point, you're an asshole developer. Just straight up. I mean, insta-kill's fine if it's, like, really slow and, like, easy to avoid. Sure, if you see somebody, like, like charging up an obvious, like, nuke explosion and you need to, like, get out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're still not going to know that it is an insta-kill until you get hit. So they <laughs> yeah. should still have the uh, the checkpoint system in place but i'm fine if they have an insta kill as long as it's not like cheap it should feel like the thing is is that if it seems like a charge up thing i'm gonna want to get away from that boss and see what it is that's just the way i'm gonna play that and that's totally fair because it's showing me something big is going to happen and it makes that moment feel more dramatic if a phase like when i hit 60 percent of the boss's health or whatever 
if he changes phases and just does this new attack that's an instant stab in the head or something while I'm nearby, that's bullshit. And there's sure. no checkpoint yep. or something. It's like, what? What are you doing? Yep. But uh, there's only been a few times I think that's ever happened in a game. And I'm trying to th- remember the name of it. I think it was like Quantum Quantum, quantum something. Break. Quantum Break, what? Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yeah, it was the James Bond Quantum yeah. of Solace movie tie-in game. I think it was whatever. <laughs> I know you're a big fan. The Gears of War ripoff game that came out. A long time ago oh, on like um, PS3 and Xbox. I think it's. Uh, I forget the name. Quantum of it, Theory, it. maybe? Quantum Theory. I think it's. Oh, yeah, Quantum that's the one. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure there's like a fight in there where it seems to be going well and then you just start taking a shitload more damage and die. <laughs> it's pretty. I had problems with that game and I remembered them stemming from shit like that. Um. You know what? The only way the only way I'm OK if they don't checkpoint it yeah. is if I know how much like health it has. OK. And it's like a third of the way through the health and it starts to like transform. And it's like, OK, here we go. Level two. But I was already expecting more of this fight anyway. Yeah. Then I'm OK with it. Yeah. I really like when there's a transformation thing happening to you. Like when a boss like stops attacking to just be like. Now I'll show you my true power and you can keep yeah, wailing on him Saiyan. as he's talking. That's great that when they do yep. shit like that. I think now that you've said that, I think I've realized what my least favorite is when they do something like that. When you okay. have an unskippable cutscene and then there's an instant totally. kill that sends you back. <laughs> that's, that's the one. That's well, the worst. So not even just the insta kill. If, there's, if the checkpoint is right before an unskippable cutscene, then the boss... Yeah, like just like a 30 second, like an intro thing of him, like coming up every the elevator time. and in it's like and it's every time and it's yeah. like, oh, my God, that is such a way for me to stop playing this game. So question on this question from the chat. Do you prefer one health bar of many health bars when doing a multi face spice or many? I like the one health bar myself. I think the the health bar part was more just like if, if I have the expectation that there's more to this fight. Yeah. Then it's it, then that's fine. I don't care if it's going right. to not reset me each time because I've already been you know shown there's more to this fight. Sure. Like, I guess one of the multi-phase fights I was thinking of specifically was uh, when you're fighting Gray Fox in Metal Gear Solid. And like between every phase where, first of all, he's just kind of like being sneaky and then you hit him a bunch of times and then the next phase he like is short circuiting a little bit so his stealth isn't working as much so he's actually like fighting you head on trying to do like ninja shit and then his last phase is he's just slowly walking towards you and if he hits you he basically insta kills you because like he's slow now and he does this teleport to like punch you in the back of the head and like between each one he's just like talking to you as snake and it just stops every time the action for that like two second cutscene, and it's a bummer if you get killed in the last part because he got a cheap shot on you because you have to go through that whole fight again and go through every fucking little dialogue thing and it just takes away from that whole situation so that's kind of a bummer but like that fight's okay i always like the dark souls fights myself the souls games fights because that game is basic in its mechanics and it would be boring if this thing does the same two attacks over and over that you know without adding any variance in it. And it does make the fight feel more grand when there's just like you're fighting another knight or something 
And like at first, it's just kind of like a back and forth of like dodging and swinging. And then he all of a sudden gets like magical powers or whatever. And then you're dodging like lightning bolts at the same time as his sword attacks. Like there's an escalation there that sounds there that feels really cool that I don't think you can get in just a standard fight. So I think multi-phase boss fights are like probably way more important to me than anything (coughs) else that they could do. All right. Uh, what are some of the best epic music soundtracks in games? Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. That's the one song I think about every time I think of like Yeah, it's so fucking good. I think about Metal Gear Solid 3. Yep. Metal Gear Solid 3. Yep. Yeah, that ladder boss when Snake Eater starts playing. It's that's so good. That's a moment right there. I love that it's just accepted now that it's just it's ladder boss. Yeah, yep. yeah. The Metal Gear Solid games in general, those soundtracks are very good. Uh, I mean, Legend of Zelda, those sweeping like sound or music. The music always fits like the area you're in in those games oh, very well. I hear um, Spider Man actually has a really great soundtrack I, when you're like swinging around and the music starts to swell and stuff like that. Yeah, and they do a good job with that. Stay tuned next week's top down where we probably talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, sure. for sure. Yeah. Okay, before we do the next question, I just remembered um, another game I had played, okay. kind of played that I wanted to touch on, and it was I was reminded from this boss fight question. Okay. So I really st- uh, got started trying to play um, Death's Gambit. Okay. Weekend. Okay. Sure. I'm surprised. Didn't seem yeah. like your kind of yeah. game. Well, so I had a review code for it, so I was gonna oh, play through it okay. and write a review. Yeah, yeah. So I got to the Owl King. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So first boss. boss. First boss. Yep. And you know, I'm, I'm I I lost on the first time I tried it, so like, okay, let's try this again. Okay. Ever since that, after that first attempt, whenever I would get, I would get in there, and like the you know the door would close behind me, and it would do like a pan over to the Owl King. Yeah. Then the screen goes black. I can still hear the audio. The game is still happening. If I press, and I'm playing on PlayStation. Okay. If I press the plate, the main button, nothing changes. The screen is still black. Okay. If I switch inputs back and forth, it'll be fine. But at that point, I'm dead. So, Death's Gambit is a broken mess of a game. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to think, like, is this, is what, where, where's the issue here? And so I try it up again. Yeah. That the exact same frame Fuck. screen goes black. So and it's not a like it's not it's not a death's gambit issue exactly okay. because I can't get even back to the home menu. That won't show up. Oh. That right? Like I'll press really the home weird. menu button and I can hear that the home menu comes up, but I can't see it still. So I try a different HDMI cable, I try a different HDMI input. Yeah. Doesn't resolve the issue. So um and this has never happened before. So it makes me think it's an issue coming from Death's Gambit that's affecting like my the either the console or my TV in some way. Mm, like some like refresh rate incompatibility or something it's asking for. Something, but that it didn't happen any time before. And I played through one fight with him and lost. And just and every time this the second fight. And it was always on this exact moment. I even restarted the system again, would not do it. So I uh. basically just had to like email the developer and be like, I'm not gonna be able to play this like stuff's starting to come out now i don't have time i was hoping to get it done this weekend yeah and they were just like oh we totally understand thanks for letting us know we'll let the devs know but that's weird i'm not gonna play through death's gambit huh 
That is a straight. I've heard like people having some weird problems. Like I yeah. had some issues that others didn't. So I don't know for sure what to tell you, Sean. But and uh, that's just such a weird bug because it was affecting like the whole system or my TV. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, back to questions. John, you want to take this one yep. from Foxy? Foxy writes in and says, I remember getting Sonic DX and being con- a confused little kid loving the hell out of this weird Sonic adventure. Then I got Billy Hatcher and on the back of the booklet was an ad for Sonic Adventure 2 and little old me was confused but excited. So next time I was at GameStop, I looked for Sonic Adventure 2 but only found it for GameCube as Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. And since the whole box advertised the two-player aspect of the game, I picked something else because I didn't have friends to play with. So my question is, have you ever been (laughs) so dumb that you dodged a bullet? Uh... My answer is no, that's on brand for me. <laughs> so you've always done it then? I've always mm. been stupid. <laughs> and wow. I have always been shot numerous times. <laughs> I always dodge the bullet. I can't think of one coming to mind. This is a great story, by the way. Yeah. But I can't think of something that relates to it. I just like the follow-up question after the story. It's really good. Yep. So yep. good. Yeah. Unfortunately, no answer. Yeah. I mean, but. that's just kind of the whole thing about being young, right? You don't know what you don't know, so you try a bunch of stuff and you that you probably shouldn't have at some point. Yeah. Why, why do we fall down to get back up? That's just like Batman's <laughs> dad Thanks, said. Yoda. <laughs> what? Excuse yes, me. That Batman's was Dumbledore. <laughs> I believe it was Gandalf, actually. That's right. Sorry, I got them mixed Master up. They're Man. played by the same person. <laughs> Rasterman7 writes in, if you had to choose between having infinite wisdom, running super fast, flying like Superman, or teleporting, which one would you go for? Teleporting. Done. Flying. Really? Infinite wisdom okay. so you can do all the other things. Fuck you guys. And like invent something, yeah. That's that's how. But like, that would they be. Were... You would need intelligence. Wisdom is just using what intelligence you have most effectively. Oh, I don't know. I think. Mm, that I, I, think I think that's a stretch. Yeah, I think it's the. It, it's the same thing in this case. In this that's case, how I'm interpreting. I would still in teleport because fuck traveling. I hate traveling. In this ca- I would take it as the knowledge to be able to make the other things, and if it doesn't mean that, then teleporting. I think his question literally says the stipulations too and i think he says that if in that if in that case wisdom but if not teleporting so i think you said exactly what he said in the full question which is great mm. um i'm sticking with flying i'd love that'd be awesome who would choose around. running super fast is there that person because if you could teleport you could just keep teleporting ahead as far as you could see to make it look like you ran super fast that's what he says in his. That's literally what he says. In his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's true. Like, uh, Final Insanity wrote in and said, "Why is there general stigma associated with playing games on any difficulty belong below normal or whatever game specific equivalent?" I'm sure I'm not alone in seeing people say blank game is too hard, only to find they played it on standard difficulty when there were easier difficulty options available to them. At what point can you say a game is too hard on standard difficulty? At what point is it just a matter of people being too stubborn to admit they're not very good at the game? I think it's a good question. Yeah, it's yeah, a really good question. There's a lot of stuff packed in here. 
So yeah, my my takeaway is the reason people don't like going to other difficulties is because standard difficulty is usually what the developer intends for the optimal experience of the game to be. It should be anyway. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Gears of War did something I always hated, where it to- it actually made hard difficulty. No, what they called that's a Halo. No, Gears did the same thing. Did Ge- are you sure? Yes. Pretty sure. Okay. Gears would always be like hardcore. Is like this is actually act- the way Gears was intended to be played. It would always be the description. I think you're. That's. No. I'm pretty sure that's no. exactly what Halo says. I'm 100%, so I think you're getting I'm, them confused. I'm 100 sure that is Gears of War. <laughs> okay. All right. It might be both. Right. It wouldn't be surprised if it was both, but I know Gears does this it's for sure. It's definitely Halo for sure. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe it's both. Maybe Microsoft told them they have to do this. Um, yeah, I think that's where the, the stigma comes from is because if you're not playing normal, then you're, you know, you're abnormal. Something something is, is yeah. off here. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think it just comes into like elitist bullshit of like, oh, you're playing on easy. Are you a baby gamer You're playing games for babies? Are you there is that for sure? That's where the stigma actually comes from, for sure. Um, OK, so that's where the stigma comes from. What else is in here? At what point can you say a game is too hard on standard difficulty? Uh, that's completely subjective to the person playing it. Yeah. I feel like if you're not having fun because you can't get past a section due to its difficulty, it's too hard. That is when it is too hard on the difficulty you're playing it at. Yeah, I think that's the that's the case. Like, I mean, if you want to go through a game on a certain difficulty and you want to beat on that one, that's that's fine for you. You, you know, you can do that, and that's, they have that option for you. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's going to be tons of reasons why you should bring it down. Uh, I, I for myself, for example, uh, I broke my wrist a couple <laughs> months ago. I couldn't play some games on normal difficulty because I couldn't move my thumb enough. I needed the enemies to be worse or I just could not play that game. Sure. Yeah. So at what point I say a game is too hard on standard difficulty, uh, cheap things that the game does. I don't like when games have unfair deaths. I don't like insta deaths in any regard unless it's like an obvious you fall into a pit and can't get out or spikes or something like that. Um, I, I like when a game's difficulty forces me to use the mechanics properly and it feels like it's on me. I don't like when there's just like a cheap shot to make it seem more difficult or when there's just like you're playing a shooter and everything, every guy you're shooting can take like three full clips and you have two. So you have to find like another one somewhere in the level to beat this like one standard dude. I don't like bullet sponges in games stuff like that so yeah i guess it's just when tedium is the word a game is too hard for me when it's tedious and i don't care anymore like i lose that enjoyment that sean was talking about yeah and i, and I think like another thing is like sometimes i'll put a game that i don't care about too much on easy because i just kind of want to get through it like i just kind of mm. want to experience the game a bit i'm i'm, I'm not like like, what do I get for beating it on normal? I guess I get an, an extra 20 achievement points. Yeah. But I mean, at some point, who cares about that? Uh, so it, it, it's great to have multiple difficulties because then you can play it how you want. Yeah. You can have it as hard as you want, as easy as you want. And by the end of the day, this is a game. This should be fun for me. You know, yeah. if you're wanting to if you're trying to have fun, you know, that's that's your goal. If you're looking for like a super hard thing, then, you know. You, you can find that somewhere else too. Sure. 
All right. That's it for questions. If you want to send in questions, it is topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast on Twitter, the Facebook group, the Discord channel, and John's P.O. Box Games of the Week. The Messenger. Uh, Buying Vysic Four Souls on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, and I'm going to give it to Thumper. Nice. Uh, all right. Right after this, uh, we're going to go live with our TDP Plus episode of Runner 3. So if you're uh, an $8 backer up, you can watch that live or you can watch the archive later. Otherwise, you will get the audio version um, sometime next week after this one gets put up, probably most likely on Monday. And one thing to look out for is, once again, Patreon screwed up its billing system. So a bunch of people got declined that probably weren't supposed to. So go check your billing stuff and make sure it's right or maybe like resubmit it or whatever. Because uh, I know a lot of you this time definitely got dropped. Uh, and that'll do it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.